Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Emily and this is the second episode that I'm recording today. So I'm feeling a lot of momentum and energy and I'm just, you know, trying to feed off of that. So I just turned on my light. It's getting a little, a little dark. San Ramon at 7.18 p.m. Um, this episode, I really want to get into it, um, cause I think it may be long as, I'm, it may be kind of long, actually I'm not sure, but first I just want to say a little comment. I was so excited to come back to San Ramon from Seattle because literally I love rain. Like that's literally the reason why I go to school in Seattle is because like I love the rain and like the f- the clouds and like <laughs> darkness that sounds really sad but it's true but like literally when there's rain every day for like 3 months at a time you definitely just like want the heat um and I love change so I really wanted to come back to San Ramon for the heat <laughs> and oh boy did it did my wishes come true it was 85 degrees today and I'm like dying it's not even like 90 degrees or 95 degrees yet. And like, I'm already like regretting my, I'm, I'm regretting everything. It's, it's shitty. (laughs) It's fine. I'm not good with heat, whatever. Moving on. So this episode is going to be about my my like conflict what the fuck am I saying this episode is about basically my thoughts and my approach to um relationships and love and um just like everything that I'm learning as I'm going through life honestly I'm 19 years old right now I want to preface this whole episode by saying I don't have a lot of experience with relationships or love in general. I I don't think I necessarily need to have experience with it in order to like say my opinions about it right now. But I just want to be like really blunt in saying like I don't know anything. Like I haven't proved any of these theories. It's just like from my very limited experience um like the things I've learned from other people and the things that I've learned from books and other podcasts and everything. Um, This is like, these are my current thoughts. And it's basically actually going to be about um, this open-ended question and this, how I'm conflicted between two different approaches to relationships. And this episode, I, it, it's going to be notably, noticeably very different um, than the others because I feel like if you guys have listened to other episodes or even literally looked at the titles, um, well, not really. If you listen to the episodes, you may notice that I feel like I have a very, very objective and like logical and like rational. Um, perspective on everything. I 
always I I've like kind of criticized people who romanticize their lives in terms of like their you know their purpose in life and um and like religion and just in general I'm always like oh like keep your head on your shoulders like don't bullshit yourself like this is this is how it is but um I feel like in terms of relationships and love I have a very like hopeful perspective and I feel like I always have just because um I have to say this and it's kind of cringy to me but my favorite genre of um movies and tv are like a hundred percent romance um always makes me feel better and just you know I love to watch it (laughs) but it's definitely influenced my ideas of um relationships and love and I don't know I started watching like rom-com type television when I was like very very young like my favorite show ever ever is Gossip Girl and I I started watching it when it was still on tv probably like in 2008 or something when I was freaking seven can you imagine that like okay first of all I my I don't know why my parents allowed me to do that but (laughs) but yeah like I was always obsessed with um relationships and romance and all that and um my favorite types of podcasts to listen to are also about like dating and like love and all that so I I definitely like wanted to talk about these things on my podcast um but I I think like talking about it is a bit scary just because like talking about it from like a personal um, perspective um, from like personal experiences uh, just like kind of makes me feel very vulnerable and kind of like, oh, like I don't really want or need to talk about this. But yeah, just in general, like I do want to talk about it because um, I feel like I split up my philosophies and like the things that I commonly think about a lot into like different categories like one you guys can notice it's about like life and like existentialism and like the the purpose and meaning of your life I think one is like I I don't I can't think of the other categories I don't know um I don't know and then this one is love and relationships things like that um yeah okay sorry on a side note I just looked up when Gossip Girl started and it's 2007 I was that means I was six when I started watching it that's fucking crazy why did my parents let me do that okay (laughs) and then also um I want to apologize if you guys can hear like background noise because my parents are in the middle of a Zoom party with all their friends. Yes, you heard it right. A Zoom dinner party. Everyone is eating over Zoom and drinking. Of course, Russians. Um, it's hilarious. And they're really loud because they don't understand that 
you don't have to be loud over Zoom in order for people to hear you. Okay. Um, let's get into the actual shit of the podcast episode. Um, okay. So the thing that I want to talk about today is my, uh, confliction between two approaches of a, the beginning stages, I would say, of a relationship. Or no, just like the approach to relationships. Yeah. Um, so on one hand, I believe that and I've always like had this belief and this is why I had I prefaced this episode by saying like my favorite genres romance movies and all this shit um because I believe that if you feel a certain way towards someone you should be straight up and honest with them and it's like a very passionate it's like the passionate and um romantic side of me where I'm like oh like you shouldn't like bullshit people like if you're a woman and you love a guy like you should tell him straight up and it's also like the feminist part of me too where I'm like oh like just like tell him how you feel, you know, like generals don't matter, blah, blah, blah. And they don't, like, I still believe no matter what that they don't. Um, but there's also the other side that the other side of my confliction, I don't know if that's the right, I don't know if that's the right word. It sounds really weird. The other side is, um, based off of, um, the advice that People tell me on TikTok. Sorry. I don't know if I'll go a podcast episode without mentioning TikTok. It's not going to happen. <laughs> um, there are countless TikToks um, about this subject. Um, I'm reading a book right now called Why Men Love Bitches. Um, it's a really good book. I'm Honestly, I wanted to wait until... Um, I wanted to wait to make this episode until I finished the book because I feel like there are a lot more messages to take away from it. And I've honestly only gotten through like the fourth chapter. So I'm basing this um, episode and like the things that I'm going to say, um, I'm only basing it off of the first few episodes. I mean, first few chapters of the book. Um, yeah, so like TikToks and books. And then also like, I don't, I don't know if you guys know the podcast Caller Daddy. It's extremely popular. Like guys and girls listen to it. It's like basically a sex podcast. Um, but like they say this approach to relationships also. Um, and I've been leading up to it and I finally want to explain like um, the approach is basically it's extremely important to be um, to embody the bitch, um, 
And I'm basing, I'm going to be talking about the book, Why Men Love Bitches, a lot because it's, it's, it phrases things really well. But basically the bitch is like the embodiment of the independent woman that we all want to be. Um, the woman who feels empowered and respects herself and holds herself to a higher degree, which like I said, we all want to be that, I hope, um, as a woman living in the year 2020. Um, but also it basically like goes through a bunch of like its principles and like um, its belief systems comparing the classic nice girl, which basically she represents like a doormat, someone who is very desperate and gives a lot of herself to a man, um, too much of herself to a man. And I'm just gonna quote the book right now because they say it really well. Um, quote, the bitch is an empowered woman who derives tremendous strength from the ability to be an independent thinker particularly in a world that still teaches women how to be self-abnegating. So overall, in general, like this book is about women taking um, ownership of themselves and being boss-ass bitches. That's the overall message of the book, which I'll actually talk a lot about um, later. But I think what's frustrating is like a lot of the examples that the book gives um, feels like very like sneaky and like, like honestly immature and just like people who play games, which I don't like to do. I hate that. Um, and another thing that is like really frustrating to me is like this classic nice girl um that, like I said, like, is described as, like, very desperate and, like, sad when, when you read the book and you read all the examples that they give. It's, like, of course, you don't want to be the nice girl. Like, that's disgusting. And in the book, like, when they say nice girl, it doesn't actually mean, like, a person who, you know, is nice. Like, it doesn't matter if they're nice or not. It, it's just, like, an over-exaggerated, um, title to like label that type of person I just want to say that um I don't know and like to me it's kind of frustrating because um certain times when I read about the nice girl um it's talking about how basically she's very straightforward and like expresses the way she feels and like they give all these examples why it's so horrible because men like the chase and men will walk all over you because of that which maybe I am naive maybe that's the big idea that I'm going to learn after a little bit of time in my young adult life maybe I'm just naive but I have a little hope in the universe that 
if you come across the right person, you can be the nice girl in the sense that you can express yourself and basically do whatever you want. Like the feminist approach of the nice girl where it's like, you shouldn't care about these games and um, these like tactics to get a guy to like you. You should be straight up. And if it's the right person, they will be straight up as well. And you will work out and fall in love and live happily ever after. Haha, <laughs> I sound so stupid saying that right now, but that's like what I believe on the inside. Um, clearly, I don't have divorced parents. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. And the next quote that I want to say that is very related to the last thing that I just talked about um, is, yeah, I'll just read it. The nice girl makes the mistake of being available all the time. I don't want to play games, she says. So she lets him see how afraid she is to be without him, and he soon comes to feel as though he has 100% hold on her. This is often the point when women begin to complain, he doesn't make enough time for me. He isn't romantic as he used to be. Quote. <laughs> this is so, this is such a great quote because I, it literally like highlights the issue with like my thinking Loki, <laughs> where like literally I just said I don't want to play games and I have been the one to say like he doesn't give me enough attention like I don't like this about him I don't like that like oh no like he used to be like this and now he's not like this it's so interesting and like I I've been like um annotating this book and I wrote down great analogy so yes I thought of like a really great analogy that made me understand where guys are coming from when this starts happening when girls act like this um, because like when you think about it it's not like guys are the ones to like wait no wait I'm not saying this well it's like it's not like um, men are being like horrible people when they're acting like this. And it's not like it's the girl's whole fault when they're acting like this. It's like, okay, let me like explain the analogy. Like I said, it made me understand it a lot better. But it's more like you're taking a class and you find out that it's like a class that you don't really care about. Like, you know, it's not really a major uh, related class. Like it's, it's like a GE class that like you just have to take and it like kind of sucks and you don't really want to be there. You don't want to do the work for it. So you find out that you have to put this amount of effort into the class in order to get an A. So obviously you want that A. You want, you're going to do what you got to do to get the A. But it's not like you're going to put in max effort to get that A. You're going to put in the minimum amount of effort in order to get that A and you're going to move on with your life. In that same sense, it's like when guys sense that they can put in minim like the least amount of effort in order to kind of keep the girl, like that's what's going to happen. And I feel like it's obviously not a conscious thing that they're like, okay, like 
okay, I'm going to do this and that's what's going to happen. It's more like they get comfortable and they realize like, eh, I am not really going to lose much if I don't put in as much effort as I did in the beginning because like she's going to be there anyways. I thought it was so significant because literally that is exactly how I felt. And I, you know, thought I was like when I carry myself in any situation, in any relationship, in my life in general, like I really want to be as mature and reasonable and rational as I can possibly be. So it's like my approach to to relationships, both like friendships and like romantic relationships in general is like, I believe that you should be straight up with the person. I think like communication is literally the most important thing ever. I still believe that no matter what. Um, But I didn't notice that I was kind of, I was kind of following the patterns of the classic nice girl that they mentioned in this book that is so obviously like triggering a reaction that I literally experienced. So, and then also this book gives it literally, there's a table called quote, I am not enough versus quote, I'm enough, take it or leave it. One side, obviously the I'm not enough side represents the nice girl. And then the other side represents the quote-unquote bitch and I thought it'd be interesting um to read out some of the examples that the author gives and specifically I starred the ones that I have done and did not realize I was like embodying the nice girl so okay um quote when he doesn't call her she is mad he didn't call sooner okay so like also I'm not gonna be like so explicit like I didn't actually like do these things it just like reminds me of thing of like the mentality of of like some of the actions that I did I I don't know if that makes sense and then on the bitch side it says when he calls her he is curious where she is and why she's not there whatever okay next quote on the nice girl side She asks, where's our relationship going? (laughs) Oh my God. And then on the bitch side, it's, quote, he has no clue where the the relationship is going and she leaves it like that. Um, And then again, nice girl, another quote. She asks him about his ex. (laughs) And then on the bitch side, it says, he brings up the ex, she looks at her watch. So, oh my god, it's just so funny that sometimes, I mean, I don't know, like I said, this is like the confliction, like, I don't know if there's the right way to act or the wrong way to act. I mean, maybe I'll find out in my future relationships, but it's just so interesting that, like, when you compare these quotes to each other side by side, it points out like the desperation like you could even hear it in the tone of the quote like the desperation of the nice girl even though when you think about it she is just being straight up and I don't know kind of being honest I mean like 
I don't know. I'm specifically thinking about, like, she asks where the relationship is going. Like, I don't think that's a horrible thing to do. Like, I don't think you shouldn't do that if you're confused or just you want to know, especially in the year 2020. Like, freaking do whatever the freak you want. Like, that is, I don't know. Like, I, I still think, like, communication is key. And especially, like, on the other side, um, the juxtaposed quote for that. In relation to the bitch, it's he has no clue where the relationship is going and she leaves it at that. Like, I don't think that's right. I definitely don't think that's right. Even though it definitely makes her out to be like a boss ass bitch. Like, of course, like she doesn't care. She does not care. It does not phase her because he is not the center of her world. Yes. And the next quote that I want to I want to read uh, is, for example, the man may say, "Maybe I need a little time to think things over." The woman who is too nice responds, "Please don't leave me." Not the bitch. She offers to help him pack. Why? And then they have like a multiple choice, where it's like, choose A, B, or C. A, she is helpful. B, he can't pack. C. She loves herself. And then it says, hint, the correct answer is C. Because she loves herself, the bitch doesn't want anyone who doesn't want her. She doesn't grab his ankles and beg for mercy. She keeps that edge. And in doing so, she prevents him from wanting to go. So there's multiple layers to this quote. I think overall, the takeaway from this is... Is... Well, one, the main idea, I think, is you don't want to be with someone that doesn't want you. Like, first of all, first and foremost, like, why would you want to be with someone that doesn't want you? Like, that doesn't even make sense. And I've, and I've always believed that. And yet, we all still fall into the pattern of doing the same thing. Ugh. And then the second thing to take away from this is she loves herself. You should always prioritize yourself in anything. Like, like, are you literally going to let a guy, I don't know. Truthfully, the main idea is you have to respect yourself and understand that why, like you don't need to be with a person that doesn't want to be with you, like period. Oh my God. And even if he doesn't want to be with, even if he does want to be with you, if you're not being treated right, like, why are you dealing with that? Like, get out of that. It makes complete sense. But sometimes we still just, like, get so... Get, get so carried away in all the fake bullshit and what we want the men... What we, what we want these guys to be 
even though they're not, and they will never be, like we just get too carried away with that. Um, but I think something interesting to bring up that I mentioned earlier is the last part of the quote where she says, um, she doesn't grab his ankles and beg for mercy. She keeps that edge. And in doing so, she prevents him from wanting to go. So I think a lot of people could read this book with the intention of, like I said, with the intention of how to like keep guys, how to like get guys and keep them, which I feel like is a horrible approach. But like this quote, just like, kind of emphasizes like a manipulative tactic that like one could use to like quote keep a man which I feel like people who read this could definitely like take interpret it badly I don't know I'm weary um I'll read another quote that kind of like supports this um, it says, Je ne sais quoi, I love that, is a sexy devil-may-care attitude. Not only isn't the bitch needy of him, she often isn't focused on him. Ever since that, when you were on the phone ignoring the man you were with, suddenly he'll kiss your neck and try to get your attention. Ignore him and he is intrigued. Make him the center of attention all the time, and he runs. Honestly, I feel like it's true. Like, I've gotten a lot of advice in the past and have just, like, seen a lot of people say, like, oh, do not be the person to triple text and be like, hello, where are you? Huh? What's going on? Because it's just gross and like he's not gonna like he's not gonna want you more but if you feel like he's kind of being distant then you ghost him and then he will answer like I've heard this advice on in this book <laughs> in Caller Daddy on TikToks in TikToks like it's literally everywhere and honestly it's true and it's sad but I don't know, like, something in in me just, like, finds it gross and, like, manipulative and, like, it's frustrating for me to believe that, like, this is what you have to do in order to, like, keep a person's attention. It disgusts me. Um, but an also, like, another thing that I wanted to say um, in terms of, like, sometimes the nice girl like has these moments of desperation. Like I kind of wanted to talk about where that kind of comes from because I said like, we all want, we all have like this image of like the perfect guy in our brains. And like whenever we meet someone that like checks off a few boxes, we assume that like he's perfect for us. And we're often like blinded by a lot of like the bad qualities of guys. And we just kind of like want to continue like the we want, want to continue the relationship even though there's like obvious flaws that you know you're being stepped on or like in general like there's flaws in the relationship that like does not make the relationship worth it and you need to get out of it but we're blinded by that um like a really big reason for that and something that like I experienced 
unfortunately, is like we all, not we all, but like sometimes we have um, this feeling that like this is as good as it's going to get. I think like it's definitely a product of like a lower self-esteem where like we think that we we don't realize that there are billions of men in the world that you can have a connection with that are better than this guy that you're with. We always think that we're never going to meet someone new when we are. So we feel like we have to stay in, we have to like hold on to this relationship and never let go. Even though like, bro, (laughs) just let go. Like you're not, you're not having a good time, bro. You know? And something that reminded me of what I just said is um, this quote. For a woman, the objective is often a committed relationship, also known as the destination. For a man, the road trip on the way to the destination is often the most fun. So, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like a generalization. As is everything in the book, obviously, but... I don't know. I found it relatable. And the last thing that I kind of want to talk about, um, there's so much to talk about, but honestly, I don't want to stretch this out, um, is uh, there's also another table where she has like different scenarios of situations. um, And I want to like read one and then talk about it. Scenario number three. He seems a little withdrawn, pensive, and not particularly talkative. The nice girl continue, continue the nice girl continually pries and asks, "What are you thinking about?" She worries that he's pulling away. The bitch is in her own thoughts. She doesn't panic, which makes him come her way. And then the quote right after this that I think is a great place to leave off in talking about this um, topic is the difference in these situations in the difference in these situations isn't as much how you treat him as how you treat yourself and I think again I want to emphasize the point of the book that I'm trying to take away from it and it's not that You need to copy these scenarios in order to have a guy like you. It doesn't mean that you necessarily even have to act this way in order to keep a guy or keep a guy interested. Um, But it's the fact that you need to remember your self-worth and carry yourself in a way that doesn't prioritize him over you. And again, when I talk about my confliction between um, being hopeful and romantic and passionate and pretending like you're in a fairy tale, I still believe that. But I think my biggest takeaway is I will believe that while also being the bitch and remembering remembering what is important. <laughs> I don't know. But like I said, um, I don't know shit. 
So these are my opinions. These are my theories. Maybe if this podcast still exists in a few years, in five years, I'll do an update. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I hope you guys enjoyed my random commentary, my opinions, my very un, my very like not backed up opinions, honestly. <laughs> um, and I hope you guys will like more episodes about love and relationships in the future because I like I think about it a lot and I would really love to talk about it. And I think this is like the complete opposite of my other types of episodes where it's all about like the sucky parts of life and like the very heavy like purpose of life and like all that. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.